Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So all fall, uh, throughout the fall, we, uh, we jumped into that uh, kind of a discipleship material that was written years and years ago back in 1990. And some of you are like, I wasn't even born then. Please don't say that, okay? <laughs> Not in front of me anyway. Uh, but a uh, long time ago, Henry Blackaby wrote a, wrote a discipleship manual or material called Experiencing God. And I'm telling you, it is rich. It's rich. I, I believe with all my heart, that everything that has come after that in that line has, has got a vein through experiencing God because it lines up with Scripture. It's, it's how God speaks, not only in Scripture, how He spoke, but how He speaks today through Scripture and in our lives. And so it was a rich, rich series. And what I've done is I have continued that series. We're done with the series, but I've kind of continued that theme as we walk through the Christmas story. Uh, there are key individuals in the Christmas story in Scripture, and what we've done is we've taken those in light of experiencing God. Last week, we looked at Mary and Joseph in light of those. Today, we're going to look at the shepherds. It's a very interesting group of hombres, okay? Uh, <laughs> they are. They're, they're an interesting group. And so I want to I pop up the uh, diagram, guys, if you'll do that for me. So this is what we've used all fall. Uh, this has been kind of the working diagram that we've walked through uh, all the realities. The reality, one, two, through seven, number one, God's at work. Number two, he's at work to develop a relationship with us. That's what he's after. Uh, in that relationship, he invites us to join his work, all right? Because by doing that, we know God speaks. He didn't just speak. He still speaks, amen? So scrub that out of your head. He's still speaking, okay? If you don't think he is, he is sometimes, okay, probably most of the time, whatever he speaks creates a crisis of belief. Amen. If, if you haven't been there, buckle up. You're going to be there. Okay. You'll hit a crisis of belief. Out of that crisis of belief, he's going to require an adjustment. We've got to make some kind of adjustment. I haven't met a person, one, that's done what God's asked him to do and said, I just say just like I was. I'm like, that was pizza, dude. That wasn't God. You, yeah. <laughs> If God calls you, you're going to have to adjust in some area. So out of that adjustment, if we'll make the adjustment, we will obey him. We make the adjustment. We will obey and experience God. What we need in the church today is not more information about God. We've got a lot of that. We need more experiences with God that changes us. Once we experience him, we'll never be the same again. The problem is information about God doesn't change anything. Just, it hadn't. Didn't change Pharisees. And, dude, they had so much information. That's all they did was study. We studied the Scripture. They're praying one day on the corner, and Jesus said, you boys need to shut up. Y'all just drive me crazy. Right? I mean, so don't, don't get a whole bunch of information because that's not going to impress him, okay? What you do with the information impresses him. Just 
that's enough for somebody. Somebody's like, well, I'm done. I can go watch the NFL all day. Go ahead. That, that's all for you. All right? But that's kind of true because we don't need, I mean, church, seriously, does the church need any more information about God? Some of y'all listen to multiple podcasts throughout the week. Yeah, like nine preachers, okay? All right. Can you gather anymore? I don't think you can gather anymore. The problem is once we experience God, that's what changes us and changes everything. And so let's look at the shepherds, okay? Uh, text today, Luke 2, Luke 2, going to look at 8 through 20. Luke 2, 8, 8, verse 8 through 20, okay? Read with me or follow with me as I read it. Verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared, and the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and they were lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning everything that had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured them up, these things up, and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, praising God for all that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. What a beautiful story. Now, I want you to see something. Caesar Augusta, during this time, said there needs to be a census, okay? So you need to go to the town where you're, where you're from. So they want to, they go to Bethlehem. They go to the town that they are from. Can I say something to you? If you're going to your town and take a census, what a census means is this. Pay me taxes. That's what they were doing. Pay me taxes. Look who's not going to the towns. Shepherds. You know why? You got no dinero. You got no reason to go. All right? Shepherds don't have nothing. They don't smell good. They don't have nothing. All right? When you smell like sheep, go tend sheep. So they're out tending sheep, sitting on rocks, looking out for lion, tigers, and bears, oh my. That's what they're doing. They're not going to go pay taxes because they don't have no money, and nobody cares where you're from. You're just a shepherd boy, just a shepherd boy. See, reality number one, simple. God's always at work. Let me say this to you. You better be careful what you think God can and cannot use. We tend to sometimes in society go, well, God could probably do a lot through that guy and that guy and that girl and that person, and God does nothing. And God does something through somebody that you least expected. God will take the little and do the much with. 
He'll take the one nobody thought could do anything and hit a home run with them. Because when you do it in the least, the least doesn't get puffed up. Only thing on the map and the only name on the line is Jesus. He magnifies himself through the weakness of people. That's what God does. See, God's always at work. Can I tell you right now that all around your office, all around your neighborhood, all around your, your students and in class, God's watching all this stuff. This is all working just for God. God's doing it. He's setting it up. And you're going to be amazed at what he does through the people around you, what he's doing in the people around you. See, nobody inspected the shepherds. Nobody. If God was going to do this, he'd have went and told somebody with a reputation. Somebody that, somebody, you know, if God does it to them and they speak, well, people listen to them. But if God did it to a shepherd and a shepherd talked, who ain't going to talk to you? Sheep, 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 they ain't not going to talk to sheep. They don't care. Can I tell you, God take the least, the people, and do the much with. See, as long as we're puffed up, He's never going to put us in a position to bring glory to him. Because we'd never bring glory to him. We'd bring glory to ourselves. But when you humble yourself and realize that it's God at work in and through you, as Scripture says, when he does it, God will get the glory and not you. God's always at work. And God, in the midst of this, picks shepherds. He picks shepherds. Look at reality number two. I put two and three together. Relationship and invitation. Or number two is relationship. Number three is invitation. They kind of go hand in hand, okay? He does it. He wants a relationship with us. Why? Because he wants us to partner with him in his work. And that's how, he, that's how the invite happens, okay? So look at verses 9 and 10. I want you to see this. Verses 9 and 10. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, a great joy that will be for all people. Can I tell you what's really cool? <clears throat> he gets you in a relationship with him. He, 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 he is setting you up to get you in a relationship with him. Because why? Because he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When you meet Jesus, you're born again. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then Jesus can speak to your spirit, man. And when he speaks to you, he can invite you in to an invitation to join him in his work. If you're saved today and you're born again, when God speaks to you, that's a beautiful thing. Because when God speaks to you, it is God saying to you, you have found favor with me. That's a big deal. That's what he says. Angel says, you've been found with favor. So I speak to you. Many times people think if God speaks to me, it's oh my. No, 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 no. If God's speaking to you, it's because you found favor with him. See, he trusts you with the word he's about to give you. That's a big deal. So don't be scared of the word God gives you. Take it as a compliment. See, some people go, Pastor, 
I think I heard God say this. I need to make sure. Will you tell me if I'm crazy or not? <laughs> I know you're crazy because you just called me to want me to tell you that God just spoke to you. <laughs> I, dude, I'm out, I'm out for lunch on this one. Okay, this is a relationship that you have with the father. The father says, I have much to say to my kids, so I'm going to speak to my child. You got your name and I got my name. He just spoke to Justin. My name's Jeff. That don't work. Well, you're a great pastor. I'm like, dude, sorry. I'm, you want me to call you when God speaks to me as a senior pastor for the church? And I'll say, well, God spoke to me, and then he spoke to my buddy who's in the church too. So it's on me, and it's on him. Don't call me out, church preacher. Well, you said you wanted. No. God speaks to you. He says, I, you have found favor with me, child. I speak to you because I trust you will do with what I say to you. That's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. The shepherds found favor. Nobody would have thought the shepherds would have found favor. They found favor. Look at number four. Reality number four is that God speaks. That's, I hope today, if you've been here all fall, if you've been here at any time, I hope you understand that, that, that God is always speaking. See, there, there's a group out there, bless their hearts, they, they think that God spoke once in the word, but he ain't speaking no more. Mm. Man, that's bad. God did speak, but God is still speaking. God said that his word, Jesus, is the word. His word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, when he descended, ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to leave you with the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And I'm leaving the Holy Spirit to you because you're going to need the power from the Holy Spirit. But you're going to need the Holy Spirit because that's how I'm going to speak to you. Because I got much to say to you, but I got to go sit down at the right hand of the Father and intercede for you and me, for you. I got much to say to you. What the Father says to me, he'll tell me, I'll tell you. So if you hear it from me, you've heard it from the Father. That's rich, man. That's rich. He still speaks today. Look at what he's speaking. Look at 10, 11, and 12. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. That's how you feel every time. All right? But I bring you great joy before all people. Look at 11. Today, here's where he speaks to them. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then it, not only did he speak, he said, You're gonna get, here's your sign. Here's your sign. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Not only am I going to speak to you, but you know what? Because I know you, I'm going to give you a sign. How many of you go, I, I, I'm so glad for them signs. Sometimes my sign preacher is a billboard. That's fine. If you need a billboard, billboard it up. All right? Some of us need a billboard. Okay. He speaks to the shepherds. He spoke to him right there. And he said, here's what you're going to find, and here's what it's for, and here's who he is, but here's your sign. You're going to find him. Mom, dad, laying in a manger, baby, wrapped. They found it. They found it. So then there's times that God does what he does because he knows us. <laughs> okay. Because God knows me. I won't talk about you. All right? 
How many of you have ever said, God, I need you to speak to me about something? God speaks to you, but then you go, ah, it probably wasn't God. <laughs> you just ask him to speak. He spoke, and now you're like, eh, I don't know. You know, I went to a restaurant. They told me I'd go to that restaurant. It's probably that food I ate. That's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. So God has to do this. God ever doubled up on you? <laughs> God ever doubled up on you? It's like God speaks to you, and you're like, eh, that probably wasn't God. And then all of a sudden, people start walking up to you and go, hey, man. I got a word for you. God gave me a word for you. Or they don't even say it that way. They just say, hey, I need to tell you something. So I was in college, and I go through this process where God's really speaking to me about full-time ministry. I ain't got nobody in my family in full-time ministry. You know, usually your granddad is and your dad is, and then you are because you try not to real bad, and you have to do it, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I don't have any of that track record, Okay. And I go to college on a baseball scholarship to be a business major. I was just going to do B&B. I was a pretty simple guy. You know, just a degree with the same letter of the sport I played. You know, keep it simple. And so I just picked it because my parents were in business. I didn't put a lot of prayer in it. I'm being honest here. I go there. Freshman year, everything's great. Sophomore year, God begins to speak to me really for the first time, I believe, in my life about ministry. It scared me to death. I got nervous. So I'm like, that can't be God because <laughs> he loves the church. He wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't do that to the church, you know. So I act like it's not there. But then these, these guys coming up to me going, hey, man, I think uh, God's calling you to ministry. I'm like, dude, I didn't even know you smoked that stuff. You crazy? You know, I mean, they would make me nervous and they'd give me the same word that God gave me. And I didn't tell them that. I just walked away going, what in the world? So, I, I, you know, it's kind of got doubling up on me in a little bit, all right? God will do that. So then I'm sitting in my dorm room, and my roommate is over there playing his guitar. I didn't want to look at that. That's a whole other story. So I just let him play, and I, I said, God, I, I just played, I played this game. God, I just need a word from you. Just open the Bible. So I open it up, and you know that I struggled in school with speaking. I stuttered a whole bunch. I couldn't read and couldn't spell. Still can't really spell. But, uh, but, but school was hard. And so... I used that excuse to God. I said, God, listen, you don't want me in ministry because I got to stand up in front of people, and I don't even like doing that. And I got to speak, and I got to read in front of people. Now, if they want out by lunch, if, they, if I start reading, they'll never get out by lunch. It'd be there at 5 o'clock. I don't ever get past that passage. And I open up to Jeremiah 1, and Jeremiah 1 says this. Do not say to me that you're only a child. Do not say you can't speak. For I have put my words in your mouth, and I've anointed your tongue. And you will speak to everybody I put you in front of for my glory. Woo, God's like, all right, speaks to me, then speaks to other people, then he does that to me through the word. Double up, triple up, quadruple up, hit me with a two before, then go get a four by four post, then an eight by eight. I'm like, knock me out. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Here's what he does to the shepherds, same thing. Look how he doubles up on the shepherds. He speaks to them the word, right? Then watch what happens in 13 and 14. Just in case, because they are shepherds, right? Just in case, he's suddenly, suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appear. Company? That ain't four or five angels. I'm telling you, there were probably 
hundreds if not thousands, okay, host appeared with the angel praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to men whose favor rests. You talking about double up. Just in case these shepherds hit their head on a stone one day in a little thick-headed, God doesn't just send an angel and says, don't be scared, I'm talking to you. I know this is kind of weird, but God got a word for you. There's going to be a baby born. You're going to find him. This is your sign. This is what you look for. Okay. And then all of a sudden, a company of angels start praising him. Those shepherds didn't have a choice. Some of you today, God has spoken it to you, boy. And you know it. And even people you don't know have echoed what God has said. And you still don't think that. God's about to open up a host. Don't make him, don't make him light up the sky with a bunch of angels singing over you. I mean, that's the burning bush from Moses kind of deal. You know what I mean? God will double up to get his word to his kids. He just wants you to hear it. I want you to, uh, in your seat, you got those cards. I want to segue to something real fast. You see those cards? Those are called invite cards. You know why we call them invite cards? It's not a trick. It's an invite. <laughs> okay. We're really tricky around here. So it's an invite card. Now, here's the deal. Let me show you something. We send out a mail out. Okay. Say a person looking for a church or just moved here. They get this mail out, all right, and they look at it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> then they're on Facebook, and there's an invite from the church on Facebook. Hmm. Hmm. Eh, probably not. Probably pizza. Probably just bad pizza. Pepperoni will do that to you. Throw it away. And then all of a sudden, you show up. Hey, we've noticed y'all in the neighborhood. We live down the street, and we know y'all moved in, and, and we go up here at the church, and they got candlelight services, three services, awesome church, very young, vibrant energy. You'll love it. We joined the church. We got active five years ago in the church when we came the first time on a candlelight service. We're going to save some seats for you guys. We'd love for y'all to join us. And if you're not doing anything after, you don't have family in town or anything, We'd love to buy you dinner. They go back in their house. And i tell you what, Scripture might jump out to them. Suddenly, a great company of hosts. <laughs> Amen? Suddenly, a great company of hosts. Can you, can, is God double, can God use you to double up? Mm-hmm, come on. That's what I'm asking you to do. Take the card. You don't know where they're at. You don't know what God's speaking to them. You don't know what God they're trying to ignore from God. Love them enough. Love them enough. See them enough. Open your eyes to the church and God's always at work. Open your eyes and go, hmm, let's go to them. Let's go to her. Let's go to him. Some of you dads in here are like, you know, if my wife invites his wife, that won't move the needle. But if I invite him, that'll move the needle. Because he don't think I'm doing that. And you don't know that God's already speaking to him, saying, 
dude. You're good at hunting, and you're good at sports. But your babies need a church home, and your wife needs you to hold her hand in worship because you guys are in this for the long haul. And you take that card to him, meet him in his shop, in his man cave, all right, and hand him the card and say, hey, man, I don't know if you're, I don't know where you stand with church or Jesus or anything like that. I'm just saying, this is a gorgeous way to start the holiday season. My family and I attend this church. We'd be honored to have you go with us and just walk away. That dude's going. You know why he's going? You know why? Because you see him and you invited him and you love him enough to do what Jesus did for each of us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave for you and me because we're all, you know, we all are whosoever's. I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. Double up. God doubles up with his voice through people and sometimes with heavenly hosts. I'm asking you to church to take that invite card and invite a person. Double up on what God's already speaking over them. I promise you he's already speaking it over them. They're just trying to ignore it. But if you, have, you, you show up like an angel, a heavenly host, they can't deny that. They can't deny that. Number five. Reality number five is crisis of belief. Crisis of belief. Now, I know you're, you're quite a scholar. And you've been reading this text and you're like, huh, can't wait for him to get to number five because there's not a crisis of belief, preacher. There's not? Well, it says they just all got up together and they just hurried off and did everything he said. So you tell me what a crisis is. Okay, I'll tell you what a crisis is. How many shepherds do you think there was? We don't know really, do we? I know this about people. You get three or more people together, they ain't all feeling the same way about the same subject. Like five guys get together and say, man, we need to go blue sky and get a burger. One of them cats really want to go to five guys. He's just not talking. It's true. It's true. Let's go to Sawgrass, get a ribeye. One guy says, half brow. You have every time. Three or more, you ain't get them. It's hard to get them all on the page. Hey, turn around in the back seat of your car after church and ask your three children where they want to go to lunch. Three answers are coming. <laughs> and then you just enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon because this is, you're going to be, a you, there's no way to win that. Well, we'll go to McDonald's this time, and then we'll go to Burger King next time, and then we'll go to this restaurant. And the other two are like, we're not going. You'll forget. They know. I think there's, I think there's many shepherds. And when the heavenly host appeared and they left and they, somebody stood up and said, let's hurry off and you'll see. So it's got to be one of them that said, well, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, if we all leave, it's lunch. It's an open buffet. I'm not going. Let's wait till, I'm not going tonight. Let's wait in the morning. Let's go in the morning. Because somebody got to watch the sheep tonight. Well, I don't want to go. What, what if these angels, they, who, we don't, they, they crazy. What if we go in there, we tell them all this stuff about some angel showed up, then a whole bunch of people, angels, started singing and talking. They, they already think we're crazy. Well, we got nothing to lose, do we? I don't think they're all unanimous here, even though it appears to be. But they all did it. See, a couple years ago, my wife and I went through a major, major, major 
uh, crisis. Her cancer came back. The diagnosis was not good. You know that as a church. So here's a little tidbit you may not know. One of the options for us during this time was that we needed to get to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota to those guys to do this particular surgery because in that surgical room, they, while you're open, they move you over and shoot a beam of radiation right on the tumor. It's the only hospital that can do it. And that was what our doctor here thought was the best for us. He came from that same hospital. He was trained by that doctor who would do that surgery. He looked at us and said, that's what I think is best for you. That's what we're going to shoot for. We're going to try to shrink the tumor with chemo, and then we're going to get you there. We ran into all kind of trouble getting there. All kind of trouble. Shut door, shut door, short, shut door, short door. We had doctors working for us here. Didn't work. So my wife comes to me a month or so into the process, two months into the process. He says, I just, I just really have a peace, and I got a word from God that we're not going to go to Rochester for surgery. We're going to stay here with our family, our church family, and Farzan's going to do the surgery. She's serious. Okay. I'm not good with that. I'm sure my face said that. Because what Farzan said and what I believe is no amount of money, you go to the best, you spend it, whatever it takes to get your baby well. You do everything you can. Go to the experts. So I, I, I struggled with it. And I struggled with it for a long time. And one day, we talked about it again. And I said, I got to get out of here. I got to go for a walk. So I went up to that little barn over there. That's, you know the story. I'm walking. I said, God, I'm not good with this. I'm not. You know that. And my wife knows that she heard from God. And I'm in a crisis of belief here. Because we're not on the same page, even though it appears that we are. I think we need to be there. And I'm not happy that we can't get there. But she has a peace that she's with who she needs to be with. And we're going to do it here. I think we need to go to the big C and get the big doctor and be the expert. And I heard God say this, Jeff, do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. Do you think I speak to your wife? Yes. Do you think what I spoke to your wife came from me? Yes. Then why don't you trust it? Wow. He said, you tell people you heard from God, and they trust what you heard from God, and they do it. Now you got to do what you preach. I spoke to your wife. She's in the battle more than you are. I have spoke to her. Go with what I spoke to her. I said, God... I need you to help my unbelief here. And that's when he said, I'm not helping your unbelief. I'm healing it. Because if I help it, you're going to come back. But if I heal it, you'll never come back. And guess where the surgery was? Right up there. Guess who did it? Farzan. Guess where he trained? Rochester, Minnesota. Guess who trained him? The expert that I thought we needed to get to. And right before Thanksgiving, about a week before we would do the surgery, the doctor, the man up there calls us, calls my wife, says, I don't see any reason you need to come up here. It's not going to happen. 
That's why God spoke that to her. That's why. And he said this, that dude that I trained is better than me as a surgeon. Let him go. Let him go. I say this to say this. Crisis of belief can be about a scripture that you may not, you see something in the word, you're not raised that way, and it challenges you, it stretches you. Don't run from him, run to him. See, a crisis of belief should not separate you, it should bring you together. A unified church is a powerful church. A church that splinters out, enemy loves it, he's going to eat them up. A marriage that's going through a crisis of belief, if they run separately, they're going to fall apart. If they run towards each other, then to the Father, they're going to be saved. Crisis of belief should not make you run away from the crisis. Run to it. We talked about running to the roar. When a lion roars at you, if you run away from it, that's where the lionesses, and I'm not, this is not on them, okay, but they are the ones killing people, okay? They'll eat them up in the tall grasses. You run to the roar, you won't get eaten. The enemy roars at you, puts you in a crisis of belief, you run together. Don't run apart. Some of you in here need to run together. If you run together, you'll win because the Father's for you. If you run away, you're going to get eat up, man. The shepherds may not all been on the same page, but they all got up in unity and one accord and went. That's the beauty of it. See, I honored my wife by standing beside her, even though inside I was not where I needed to be. But I never ran away from the Father. I kept going to him with it. When he changed my heart and put me on my wife's page and his page, as all as beautiful. But I'd never gotten there otherwise. Okay. Number six, got to go quick. Adjustments. Always will be crisis of adjustments. There was for me when I got that word. There will be for anyone that goes through a crisis of belief. Look at verses 16 and 17. Crisis of belief. So they hurried off. Here's the adjustment that they had to make. They hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. What did they do when they got the word from God? They had a crisis of belief, I'm sure. But immediately after that, they hurried off. Do the adjustment because on the other side of the adjustment is what? Obedience and blessing. Every time. I know people that God has spoken to them. They have received that word. Okay? They know it's God. But they're not willing to make that adjustment and nothing changes. If you'll adjust to it, you'll be blessed beyond measure. Look at seven. Reality number seven. Obey and experience. When you, make, when you have the crisis, you make the adjustment necessary because out of the obedience of adjusting to that, you're going to be what? You're going to have an experience with him that you would have never had otherwise. Look at it in Scripture, 18. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as just as they had been told. Man, crisis, adjust, hurry off, go tell them. 
And everyone that heard them were amazed. Amazed at who? The uppity? Nope. The shepherd. The shepherd. Nobody wanted to listen to the shepherds. They do now. They do now. I want you to go to your Bible if you have it real fast. Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Here's what happens when you take your experience that you've had with God and you share it and you tell it. Here's what happens. I waited patiently for the Lord. This is kind of Paxson's story if you want to put it in Scripture. Okay? He turned to me and he heard my what? My cry. He lifted me out out of the slippery pit, out of the mud, and out of the mire. And he set my feet on a rock. What's the rock's name? Jesus. He gave me a firm place to stand. And he put what? He put a new song in my mouth. What did the the shepherds start singing? Glory to God on the highest. Woo, glory. They just kept praising. They're probably still praising, all right? You just start singing your song that he put in your mouth. A hymn of praise to who? Our God. And what will happen if you do that? Well, many will see. Boy, they did. And many will what? Fear. And all they did. And what happened to them? And many put their trust in the Lord. Why? Because the shepherds obeyed And they got an experience that they had never had on the other side of that. You and me, invite card, your story of what he did in your life. Sing it. Many will hear. They want to hear it. Many will fear. Fear what? Fear God. A good fear. And many will put their trust in the Lord. Absolutely. The shepherds, thought to be nothing, put out the pasture to watch sheep because they smell like sheep. But God's favor rested on them, and the angels spoke to them about the birth of the Savior. About the birth of the Savior. And, oh, it led to a crisis of belief, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah, they adjusted to that. They believed God, and they made the move, and they went and obeyed, and they told what they had, been, what they had heard. And many were what? Amazed. Let me tell you what happens when you tell your story. Many are amazed. Tell them. Many are amazed. I said this one time back in a holiday message. Don't even remember when it was. But mom and dad, do your children know your story? Do your children that God has brought to you Know your story of when you came to Christ. How you got born again. What he's done in your life. Your children will sit and listen to your story and be amazed. I promise you. Try them out. They'll be amazed. Tell your story. Amen. Tell your story. Tell your story. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. I'm going to transition you a little bit. That's what we do in the pastor world. 
So when we do ministry time, y'all kind of stand and let some blood run to your legs and I'm kind of done with my message and some of you are like, praise the Lord. And some of you are like, I could have kept going, you know, so it's kind of half and half. So, uh, and I know that, but so we go to ministry time, they come up, we worship. And then if you have a decision to make, that's the time to make that decision. Either come up here for prayer or join the church or something like that. But, but I want to do something today. Not that those aren't important and can be done. That's fine. Okay. We're good with that. Okay. But next Sunday, when you walk in this house, there's going to be a manger sitting here. December 15th is our manger offering. You know if you've been, spent any time here, we do the Magi, and we bring our best, and we give it to the king. And you got a letter in the mail explaining it, or, or what, or, or, and you got your manger uh, envelope. But what we do with the manger is we take the manger, everything given that day and anything given with that, with, in that, in that, offering envelope for the manger are written on the memo part that says manger goes to the manger offering in the past we built buildings with it we, in the past we paid off debt with it this year we're doing it for vision in this building right here as you know the building to the north is the newest building we built it uh, about three years ago we built it moved in two years ago so two years ago we put some money down but we had eight hundred thousand on the books two years ago this month about three weeks ago we paid that building off we are a debt-free church, okay? That, yeah, glory to God on that. That's beautiful. In two years, 800000 off the books while making budget, okay? All right? So this year's manger offering, instead of going to debt, which doesn't excite some people, it goes to vision. The vision is to remodel this whole building right here. This is our worship center. It'll be nine years old, February 2nd, okay? It needs a facelift. It needs paint. It needs lighting. It needs new sound. It needs new flooring. I don't know if it's going to be carpet or LVT, that stuff out there. We don't know that yet. We're going to have a whole new stage. We're going to put um, a room over here in the, get, in the connector area for uh, live streaming. We're going to live stream our services uh, because we think there's a bunch of people we can reach for the kingdom that are going to tune into that and be changed. Okay, we're all about that kingdom stuff. All, right? all that's going to happen. 375000 is the goal. Some of you have asked, well, why are we doing that if we're going to build a building to the north? Well, here's what we're not going to do right away. We're not building to the north. Okay? That may bum some of you, but I'm going to say this. You build $4 million building for once a week, or do you fill this thing up three times in that given day? I'm saying that we use this building, and we fill it up to two services. We do a third service. Who knows what else we do, but I want to maximize this place before we ever go that place. I've seen churches build too fast, and it killed them. Just killed them. They had some golden idol over here that nobody could pay for, and everybody left. Or it changed the preacher to a money preacher, and he's not a relational preacher anymore. I don't want to die like that. I don't want that to change me. I don't think it would, but I don't want to take that chance. We'll build when God says build but right now, we got, I think what he's saying right now is maximize what God's given you. It's free. Bring the money to the manger. Let's do the remodel and reach the people we haven't reached. Let's give this place a facelift. Nine years old, man, we need, to up, we, need to, we need a facelift in here. Lighting, sound, everything, okay? So we're asking that day, bring everything you got, put it in the manger, and every bit of it goes to pay for all this remodel right here. I think it's a great use of money, man, for the kingdom. I really do, okay? I really do. 
And so I'm asking you to partner with me. Here's what I want to do during this ministry time. I don't want to do this without prayer. I'm serious. I don't want to do it. So I'm asking you to partner me right where you're at or come up here or just go right where the manger is going to be for that matter. But I want this church and I want this house right here to become a house of prayer. And we're going to pray over it, man. If God's not for it, God's going to be against it. I want God for it. And I want us on the team of God. I want God to bless it. I want God's anointing on this. Okay? So I'm asking you, church, to join me during this ministry time. We're going to sing and we're going to worship, but I want you praying. And if you need to come up here and pray, come up here and pray. If you need to sit and pray where you're at, if you need to gather your, your family in a big old huddle and pray, pray, man, pray. Can't pray enough. And we should pray first. Amen. So let's pray over the manger for next Sunday. A week ahead. Let's pray over it, okay? Let me pray. We're going to worship, and then we'll pray. Father, we love you. God, we love you. Man, all we want to do, God, simple, is honor you. That's it. We're not puffing up a church. We're not puffing up people. We're puffing up Jesus. Because Jesus said, you lift me up, I'll draw all men and women, boys and girls. So, God, I pray that we as a church lift you up. And God, as we worship, I pray this house becomes a house of prayer. For what? For the manger offering. That it would honor you. It'd be blessed by you. It'd be supernaturally blessed by you. Because I know, God, you honor vision. And the vision is to update a worship center that we've been given that's debt-free. We just want to give it a facelift to make it new. And so, God, I pray your blessings this time. May you be glorified by the church as we worship and as we pray. Inhabit your prayers. Inhabit our worship in this time. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Let's worship, church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.